then I got over Tumblr and I don't like porn. Hello and welcome to Great Culture, the podcast where three women drink wine, talk about feminism and pop culture. I'm Alex. I'm Kim. And I'm Sam. Hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about a thing that we've labelled coffee table feminism, which is something that we've made up. Not the issue itself. But we didn't invent word. it. We didn't invent it. And what we mean by that is the availability, easy availability and the marketing of feminism as a tool to sell products and also to enhance a brand message. So we're thinking when you walk into Urban Outfitters, for example, and you're faced with a shit ton of easy to read pink books about feminism mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing. And the this is what a feminist looks like t-shirt. Which we'll get into in a bit. Which we will get yeah. into. So that's kind of what the subject will be about. But before we delve into what it is, what we think of it, whether we think it is helpful or not, we have some wine to talk about, don't we, Kim? Yeah, we do. We have a grape culture first. We have wine in a can. Woo! So we have nice wine in a can. It's called nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say that. It's the, the, The company is called nice which as i said to alex earlier makes it really hard to google um <laughs> it's nice-drinks.co.uk for those of yeah. you who are interested yes this is wine in a can available from sainsbury's suitable for vegans they do a sauvignon blanc and a rosé the reason that we chose this one particularly is i mean it's very marketed towards women and young mm-hmm. women at that the well the can leads to the instagram the instagram is all women all the time the website as well it uses a lot of slang there's a lot of women the way that it's described is very much like drinking with your friends and going out to festivals and parties and things so i'll i'll read the back of the cans for all those times wine is essential glasses are now optional best party ever pity party for one people you like people who can do one we're here for it all in a can because we're nice like that. Oh, that's so lovely. Uh, the website stipulates vegan, ob. Um, Socially aware until we can market it. Yes. And yes, I think the best thing I can offer to our listeners about this is look at their Instagram. God, it's crazy. It is full of either pictures of the wine or pictures of women or pictures of women and the wine or famous <laughs> famous women there's oh my god there is a picture of the famous double denim justin and britney outfit yeah why is that from there the 90s, and that's immediately sold this brand to me yeah what have they hashtagged on that oh that's a good question hbjt 30 today and still bringing sexy back justin timberlake wine for whenever drink responsibly obvs that one of their most common promotional uh pictures is the wine can on a large platform heel that's not to say that you know we're not going to like the wine or we don't appreciate it but that's the one we've gone for the Sauvignon Blanc they also do a rosé I've had the rosé before because wine in a can park drinking yay <laughs> um, but I thought that I would branch out and we would try this one also everything's recyclable which is nice so that's why we've chosen nice wine in a can nice wine in a can <laughs> it remains to be seen whether it's nice I wine guess for whenever. let's Shall crack we... it open oh. and find out bad for fake nails I would imagine really though. bad for fake nails yeah. I would having a manicure when I open that <laughs> cheers cheers I mean it feels wrong to be drinking wine in a can because it feels I don't know it feels like a soft it, it feels it's too much like a soft drink, drink. Yeah. Well, also, we're indoors. 
I just sat on a sofa drinking wine in a can. Yeah. It it feels a little bit trashy. It does feel a bit trashy. I mean, not that I mind a bit of trash. No. I love some trash. How much was one can? Yeah. £2.50. Okay, so... So it's kind of the same as the pre-mixed... Yeah. But you could buy a bottle of probably the same standard wine for a fiver. Yeah. There are other there are obviously other brands of wine in the can. And I chose this one specifically partially because yeah. I think that for us the website is maybe a little bit condescending. Mm. But for other people I can see how it would be appealing and lively and fun and Which young. Is us being condescending about those people. Yeah. <laughs> well no, also also we're old and cranky. But we, we are... were we were seeking out something to criticise. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also I have a feeling okay. that if I saw sorry, Kim, but I have a feeling that if I saw this, I might be like, Oh, that looks fun. Well, I mean, I, mm. I did. That's what yeah. I mean. So Kim was seeking something out that almost we can criticise because they're tapping into the feminism and, like, yeah. well, girls anyway. But actually, if I saw their Instagram, part of me probably would have been sucked in. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> nice obs. What are we thinking? Yeah. I don't really get much taste from it. No, I don't, and I think it's because it's in a can. I think it's because it is Nice. Mm. Which is the word that you're always told you should never use in descriptive writing because it's a shit fucking word. I mean, it's also the nice word that mean? you use to describe your friend's girlfriend who you don't really like. Yeah, when you're like, oh, yeah, she's really nice. She's really nice. So nice. Don't feel that way about. Like, I use the word nice quite a lot for people. Because we're British, we don't like to go over the top. Yeah, the, and I mean it sincerely that I think <gasps> Whoa, we're like. There. But generally, I'll be like, shut up. <gasps> sweet is, is usually my like. She's oh, no, cute. no, no, they're nice. They're really, really sweet. That I mean it. Like, yeah, no, she's nice. I don't mean it. Full stop. She's fine. She's it's average at best. The rising or he. The rising inflection on nice as well. Nice. 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 So we are not really getting any strong reaction to this wine. I personally mm. think it tastes a little bit sour. It certainly does not yeah. taste like pineapples. So obviously it ties in quite well with our coffee table feminism topic. So... What do we mean? Should we talk, like, explain a bit more about what we mean by the word coffee table feminism? Why have we gone with that? So the the actual phrase coffee table feminism was coined by Sam in a text to me, which was, can we please talk about coffee table feminism and how everywhere you go, brands are using fe- like hashtag feminism to hashtag sell things power. or hashtag girl power. And I replied, oh my god, I was about to send you the exact same text except replacing coffee table feminism with either feminism light or shop-bought feminism. Because I was in paper chase and there were notepads everywhere that said girl power and you are strong and I just, I can't even think because like, she believes she could so she did. Like, yeah. Exactly. She Um, believes she could so she did. Though she'd be a bit little, she is fierce. Fuck off. That one. That one happens a lot. Um, and it's it's using these same phrases and same it's always hashtags but yeah hashtags on physical objects which i think is my own personal pet peeve that i've just it's i've just realized how much that annoys me why 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 you do this because it's cool and hip Yes. So it's modern. But this so is this is the point. It's using feminism as something cool and hip and as a trend. Yeah. That feminism yeah. feminism is a trend with which to sell substandard products made in a sweatshop. Yes. Yes, definitely. Not to say all brands because there are some really Hashtag not all brands. Hashtag not all brands. Well it's the thing we use hashtag in our life like all yeah, the time in our general conversation. So fortunately entered 
It was ironic, yeah, and now it is nice. normal, everyday chat. Alex, you called it mainstream feminism, yeah. didn't you? So this idea that it's being brought into the public eye in a way for profit, I guess? Mm. I suppose. I think, I think what I see as mainstream feminism as well could be a positive and a negative, which I'm sure we'll talk about mm-hmm. later on. Um, I think maybe positive because it's, you know, more in the public eye and, you know, it's all about awareness, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I think also mainstream because of people profiting from it because mm. walking into urban outfitters and seeing those notepads yeah. or even pro- like you know we talk about sweatshops like kim um primark and you get yeah. like a t-shirt saying feminist and hashtag feminist sorry hashtag feminist forgot that very important i think we should call them hashtags when they're feminist oh Gross. i don't think we should do that all right well strike that from the record <laughs> no gash no gash no gash um but yeah so um i think that's quite um a good way to describe what we're talking about is is feminism being in the mainstream um and being in the public eye maybe for profit of other people there's another aspect of it which i think was encompassed by what i mean by feminism light which i think a lot of public figures get criticism criticism for often justified is the idea that by buying a notebook or wearing a t-shirt that says hashtag feminism, it excuses you from doing any of the actual work. Yes. Um, it excuses... So you, much like people... I think this is where, Sam, you brought the um, coined the phrase, or like might have inspired it, the phrase coffee table feminism. Like when people buy photographic art books and leave coffee table mm-hmm. books, leave mm. them with the books and go, look how cultured I am mm. with my art book. Oh, yeah. Now the thing to do is to buy a print that says, though she be but little she is fierce... I think it's hard because it's also people that are in the public eye is the ones mm. you're talking about. And actually... Well, I'm not, I'm not just talking about people in the public eye because what I was thinking of is things like people who change their Facebook profile picture to go black for Earth Day and then continue... Hashtag for Paris when you're like... Did you remember doing that? Did it have anything to do with anything? No. Well, yeah, and yeah. continue to do absolutely nothing towards it so it's people who felt that doing the ice bucket challenge was helping the cure to als whereas what you actually should do is at least donate the fucking money money. yeah that's the whole point i suppose also the worst thing is is actually i remember the ice bucket challenge but i actually don't remember what it was trying to raise awareness to because it was so uh filtered through so many people doing this thing that was then seen as like a, a, a laugh and a joke and I suppose that is what is happening yeah, yeah social, me- social I mean. media activism and this kind of idea of as you said Kim wearing a t-shirt with feminists on it or doing whatever because it's what other people are doing is not in actual fact furthering the cause at all it's yeah. merely you get people going it's raising awareness and you're like mm, okay can it, you, it is to an extent yes, but can you cure things with awareness no you cure things with money you cure uh, things with action. but also is it raising support. awareness if you can't remember what it is and if you don't yeah, actually maybe do not anything the ice except challenge. repost something yeah like i think we've kind of gone off track onto the social media side of it but yes it's that it is that kind of idea of i've done this very easy thing that makes me seem like a more interesting person or a more well-rounded person. But in actual fact, I haven't done my research into what I'm buying, and I haven't done my research into this brand. I'm doing this purely for my own I'm doing gratification. This, yeah, doing this for To show. feel like a good person. And I think, and yeah, and coffee table feminism is definitely that idea of, like, someone coming around to your house and you'll be like, oh my God, look at, look at this amazing book. It's called um, 
What's the one I bought? Unladylike, which is actually, I started reading it last night, it's actually quite a good book. Oh. But the fact that I bought it in Urban Outfit has made me cross. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what the topic is in a very <laughs> roundabout nutshell. Do we think, and Alex, you mentioned this briefly just now, do we think that this easy accessibility of the term feminism is a good thing? Or this this idea of empowerment, female empowerment, um, equality, that, that is being marketed at us by various companies, various brands, even brands that don't feel like they're making a direct profit off it, they're using it to further their own reach, which we will get onto in a minute. Do we think it's a beneficial thing? Because it's raising awareness, like you said, that lovely A word that we mm-hmm. love so much. Or do we think it is detrimental and diluting the message and giving people more of an excuse not to do anything except buy a t-shirt? Both. Both. Both is good. <laughs> Both is good. <laughs> I was thinking as you were talking about how my initial reaction, I think the way that I've come at this quite a lot so far, is it's diluting the message and it's pointless and it's stupid. And while I appreciate that I also like to own things that say things, I'm a fan of a slogan t-shirt as much as you the next do person. Um, I uh, my initial gut reaction before this was, it is it is not harmful necessarily, but it's not helping. But actually, what I was thinking about was it's not necessarily raising awareness, but it's raising familiarity. Mm-hmm. Like ten five years ago, we've talked about it on this podcast. Feminism was a dirty word, yeah. And to stand the S word, yeah. yeah mm. And to stand in a shop and be like, I'm a feminist. People have been like. Oh, so, you're like, fucking crazy. I, I suppose Whereas going now, back to what I said about yeah. being mainstream. Yeah, exactly. Now it's mainstream. Now it's accessible. And the the more that people are familiar with it, the less you get the vitriol, hopefully, towards it. But on the flip side of it, the more that people see it in notebooks and t-shirts and key rings, it becomes watered down. Mm. But do you think... I know what you're saying about the... Um, Exposure to the word makes that word more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Do you think, though, that this, as we've just said, it is a trend that this is becoming a way to... This is becoming a feature for brands and, and, and people. Do, do you think that in a few years, people will forget about it and look back and be like, oh, do you remember when I had this feminist t-shirt? Oh, my God. That's what I'm afraid of. And yeah, that's why I kind not, of... Do you think it's an evergreen thing? But that's part of what I mean about it being watered down as well, is because I'm afraid that it's making it less impactful, which yeah. means that it will be less lasting. Yeah. And it will soon become... For the people that I'm hoping that it's reaching in a way, like, oh, this is a thing that is now a thing that I can think about. I never thought about it like that before. Maybe maybe I was wrong all, all the time. Yeah, It's going to be, for those same people, the in a couple of years, the byline of, is political correctness gone mad? Or... Like the equivalent of like it'll become a joke and a punchline. It become it, it becomes really surface, doesn't it? We talk about like feminism being a dirty word. It just becomes a word. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it becomes the word on the t-shirt or the notebook. It doesn't stand. The reason it became a dirty word is because what it stood for, yeah. and now it just becomes the surface word or the slogan or whatever it might be. Yeah. But I do think. I'm very aware of like the education system and stuff like that from work and I am super aware of the teachings in school and how many like empowering women they talk about and everything. So I'm not adverse to like say a young girl or boy learning about a woman in history or modern day 
that they're like, wow, they were so empowering, and then going out and getting a T-shirt because they're like, actually, I stand for this. Mm. And they might not have gone on a march or anything, but they're like, actually, I totally agree with everything it stands for. You know, it's like a band T-shirt. You know, everyone, some people buy a band T-shirt because they're like, oh my God, look how cool it is. Like, it says Rolling Stones, but have never listened to a Rolling Stones song in their whole life. You know, it's like true fans and surface fans because it's fashion. So do you think that having those two sets of fans is... is What effect do you think it has on that entire message? I don't think the Rolling Stones become less popular. Like, or more, or more like, you know... Less critically acclaimed. Yeah. Less, yeah. Less br- no artists become less brilliant because Paris Hilton wore the t-shirt. However, yeah. you do get a, an inverse snobbery towards it, where, not even an inverse snobbery, you get the diehard fans who instead of seeing the fans or the people who like just like the t-shirt they're like have they'll... you or have you ever like yeah so it yeah. becomes an infight it becomes a tap i think that's a possible thing like where you've got um let's say for example activist feminists who are very involved in the cause go marches change laws do um start campaigns do that kind of thing and they'll see someone in the street in a feminist t-shirt and be like mm, Fuck no, if you have to say, if you have to put the word on your chest, then you're probably not one. Also, like, do you think that's a thing? The, 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 the Quickly, the only thing I can liken it to is there's this whole thing, like, because obviously I follow a lot of vegan pages and stuff like that. There's this whole massive thing at the moment of people going, um, you know, there's like infights so much mm. because people will post, um, say, oh, like a Greg sausage roll and go, oh my God, I love the vegan Greg sausage roll. And then people are like, yeah, but actually you buying that is like a company that profits from a, like so animal meat. cruelty yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And then other people are like, yeah, but it's... It's raising awareness and actually it's supply and demand and actually if we buy more and more then people will you know realize that it's like a thing and we need to have more vegan food and blah 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 so it's i think there's gonna be those personalities that criticize people that are in their own sphere yeah. and criticize people that are out of it and everything yeah. i i think the best thing to do is not approach someone wearing a feminist t-shirt and go, oh, well, when was the last march you went on? Or a Rolling Stones t-shirt and say, sing me a song. Mm. It's more about, Tell me the B-side wow. that was on the single yeah. <laughs> It's like yeah. going, wow, okay. Yeah. Like, um, so like, what do you think about being a woman in the modern day? Like, let's talk about feminism. Mm. Yeah, and I, I agree with you completely. I think you've made some really good analogies there with the band t-shirt and the veganism mm. and everything. I think those are really good points. And I was about to say the same thing, which is that I love I love me a band t-shirt. I have <laughs> about, like, I think I have a band t-shirt from every gig I've been to. I keep them all in a Oh, you thing. actually buy them from the gigs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I buy the full dollar. Oh, God. I pay the full dollar. I get mine from eBay. And <laughs> at some point, my plan is <laughs> is to turn them, because I've been many different sizes, is to turn them all into a quilt. <gasps> because, I love that. Because I can't wear them all. But I also have t-shirts of bands that I haven't listened to their last three albums or haven't listened to their first three albums and what i like when i wear those t-shirts or um what i like when i see other people wearing those t-shirts is having the conversation oh my god do you like jimmy Eat world Mm -hmm. oh actually i've only really got the one album i borrowed this shirt from my girlfriend Oh my god, do you have equal rights equal rights for women? Yeah. But, but yeah, it's <laughs> true. Women. It's Oh really, that's so cool. What song did you like? I really like this one. Well you should definitely listen to this album then because you'll really, really like that. Or have you listened to Bright Eyes? Blah, yeah, it starts blah, blah, blah. the conversation. It starts the conversation. That's the way to do it. And what I've always hated is the people that go, 
you're wearing a Jimmy Well t-shirt, can you actually name my EP from yeah, 1994? And I'm like, no, fuck yourself. And that's basically what we're well. doing games right now, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, games, totally. Yeah. And so this is the thing, is it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Mm. Where you you want more people to be involved in the cause. How do you get more people involved in the cause? By offering them essentially easy options, introductory routes, in mm-hmm. ways in that then hopefully... Buy one, will... get one, feminism. Buy one, get one. <laughs> um, Sorry. I love it. No, it's great. I'm going to put it on a t-shirt and then sell it. So... <laughs> Don't forget the hashtag. Don't forget the hashtag. Oh, Great culture merch. Talking of which, we should probably address the fact that we are a feminist podcast. Yeah. Who are, we're not doing this for no reason. We're doing this because we want people to listen to what we have to say. Mm -hmm. um, Because we think we're interesting, even when we aren't. Do we think that we are a symptom of coffee table feminism? Do we think this podcast that's going meta oh my god Ooh. podcast within a podcast do we, I mean, do we think it's a good thing or a bad thing that we're doing this podcast in this sense granted we haven't fully unpacked the good thing bad thing about how we feel about this and we haven't I don't think we've delved into all the nuance and the issues that we feel about I think corporations is our big issue yeah. mm. using it for profit but all I know is like I feel like this podcast is in a way our activism because our decision to start doing a podcast was not we could do a podcast and make a lot of money. It was, <laughs> no, it was we're already having these conversations. I think other people would enjoy them and be interested in them. And also I was reading a lot of feminist literature. Sam, you wanted to read a lot more feminist literature. You were literature. sort of intrigued. I, I, you know, we had a conversation around a book that I'd lent you and it was a driving force for us to expand our pop culture and literature horizons because we originally envisaged this this podcast as being quite literature focused we've obviously branched out since then because we did quite rapidly because we realized that there was a lot more that we could talk about but I think that our motives for starting this were sincere I think Yes, we post on social media and we do a lot of hashtags, but we're still sitting here for two, three hours. Hashtag nice. For two, three hours, having the conversations, we're talking about the subjects, and I think that we take the time to recognise our own limitations and our own feelings. Basically, what I'm saying is, I feel, while there is criticism probably to be thrown at us, which we've already acknowledged and will continue to acknowledge. please throw more. Yeah, (laughs) please throw more. I'm an expert at it, black belt. I think that we are trying to do the work as well. We might not be showing up at marches, not that there are as many as there are in America, but we... Oh, I don't know, now Boris is PM. Well, yeah, <laughs> now. <laughs> Who knows? But <sighs> I think I think that we do try to do the work as well as... Um, yeah. As well as talk, we walk the walk as well as talk the talk. Yeah. But talking the talk is important. Yeah. Like, this is our way of doing it. Alex, what about you? What do you think? I think to an extent before this podcast and I suppose impacting why we did the podcast we are personally a byproduct of modern feminism like I think in the first episode we spoke about how we said how it took us a while to admit that we were feminists Mm -hmm. and you know we spoke about our stories and stuff like that and where how we got to describing ourselves as that and almost admitting it like it was like oh, we had to admit that we were a feminist or I suppose in a, in a nicer word, embrace it. So I almost think that we are slightly a byproduct of how it's become more mainstream mm-hmm. and embraced. And that is why we put ourselves forward to talk about it. 
But, you know, the fact that we don't make any money means that <laughs> we're not profiting from it. We're not, you know, um, we made some tote bags, but we're not, like, we're not we selling those for us. For, for us. I, I vaguely disagree with you in that I don't, I think, I think it's just because what I'm thinking about when we're having this conversation is the, I'm thinking of a very specific image of walking into Paper Chase and there being a wall of, pastel notebooks yeah i suppose i haven't which i think that i think that our feminism or at least my feminism predates it being everywhere and acceptable i i agree with you that it took us a while to get to it and accept it and and embrace it but i don't think that that was because of the trend of feminism and its acceptability now i think in many ways, for young people, for now, it is more universal and it's more widely spoken of. When I started embracing feminism, I don't believe that it was... It maybe was still not as a prominent. Maybe not, a yeah, word. maybe not as prominent as it is now, but I think it's all drip-feeding. I think it all impacts it us more than... <laughs> I think it's, it impacts us more than we actually realise it does. Yeah, is it Cerulean? Um, is it what? Have is it Cerulean? I've watched The Red Devil Wears Prada. No. Okay. Um, Don't ignore. Never mind. Sorry. Okay. Um, so it's about drip feeding. Yeah. It's okay. about fashion. things feeding down. Okay. Oh yes, yes. No, I, I do know. I do know. I do know. Okay. I watched um, at Pride. I watched a drag act do a lip sync to that entire bit from the Devil's <gasps> Powder, and it was amazing. No, I haven't. Yeah. No, yeah. I do totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it. And I think to an extent we are. We are. It is the yeah. drip feed effect, and regardless of how we feel about it, like even watching like sh- like people we admire talk about it, or like, being on Instagram, or walking into paper chase, and yeah, we're like that's fucking shit. Like, why are they like putting <laughs> love hearts care. on stuff that I actually care about? And that's probably why we're angry. Why are they using the same is because we're on everything. Why well, yeah, they, like yeah. we're probably angry because we do care about it, and we yeah. don't want paper chase to profit from it. So I have a quote from this book that I initially was like, oh, disparaging, and I bought it, and it's actually really good, and it's called Unladylike. Um, it's a field guide to smashing the patriarchy and claiming your space by Kristen Con- Conger, Conger, it's got a G in it, and Caroline Irvin. Um, and there's a quote in here that just reminded me of the things that you two were both saying just now, which is, um, then social media came along in the 2000s, facilitating both a fourth wave of fe- feminism and upending talk about how we talk about gender yet again. To be clear, people haven't just made up newfangled gender identities, so it obviously talks more about gender expression as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the internet, rather, people with atypical gender identities and expressions have been able to find one another online and build communities. Mm. Along with the slang of briefs... Oh, <coughs> that upsets me. Abbreviations! Um, and hashtags birth on Twitter and Instagram, online communities have similarly shared, translated and expanded gender-inclusive terminology into mainstream conversations. Rather than recoiling at what we might not understand at first glance, we can approach unfamiliar language as opportunities to learn. Mm. So is this idea of the hashtag, which we've just been going, mm. fucking hashtags on everything, is it an opportunity to connect with people? Is it an I opportunity mean, yes. to discover things that... On social media, I, th- I think Kim speaking about earlier, though, when it's printed on a t-shirt, what's the fucking point? Yeah. It doesn't lead you to find other things because yeah. it's printed. You're not going to see someone, someone walking billboard and be like, ooh. Oh, I'll, ta- I'll tap that. <laughs> like, exactly. Well, some people do say I'll tap that. Which... Well, no, okay, sorry. I mean, like, a oh. physical tap, not any sexual reference to tapping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because the hashtags on social media, I think, I mean, some of them are absolute bullshit, but 
some of them are really useful. Like my foray into the wider social media, Tumblr was my go-to for several years. Porn. I well, no, because it was before porn. Is Tumblr I mean, full of porn? No, no. You, Tumblr used to be full. It's full just of pictures, porn. isn't it? Tumblr used to be full of porn. <laughs> then it got taken over by Yahoo and they got rid of the porn and there was a lot of anger about it. Because I got Tumblr be- their porn gifts. <laughs> I got Tumblr not for porn and then I discovered porn on Tumblr and then I got over Tumblr and I don't like porn. So- <laughs> oh my god, I've completely missed this part of life. There were some great porn gifts on Tumblr. Ah. There are. It's great for gifts. I don't like porn videos though. Yeah, but it's gifts, porn are gifts. gifts are fine. Gifts are fine because you didn't have the whole. Oh, oh, yeah, Danny. Oh, like what? You know, oh, fucking. Oh my god, this escalated so quickly. <laughs> you were reading. You were quoting from a very like intellectual. I know, but porn is disturbing. Anyway, anyway, Tumblr, Tumblr, social media. My point. My point was, <laughs> Tumblr was a social media platform that I used for a long time before I joined Instagram. I found Tumblr very useful. The hashtags on Tumblr, they're not essential. Um, in the same way, they're not really essential on Instagram. But like, in order to find things, you could just follow people that you like mm. and you get the stuff you like. But, and you don't always remember to hashtag your posts because of reblogging. Because like the whole thing of Tumblr is that you click reblog because you like something and, and it goes onto your page. Like Twitter. But at the same time... There were hashtags on Tumblr that allowed me to find things that I liked and meet people that I liked that changed a few things for me, changed my opinion on things, changed my attitude to certain music, to certain... Taylor Swift. No, I always love Taylor Swift. Um, just, just to a lot of things, like a lot of people, a lot of experiences. And then Instagram happened. And Instagram is like, the hashtags are used and I use them, you know, to reach people. And they are used for gratification, not... Like, I use hashtags on Instagram both finding people, finding things I'm interested in, and having people find the things that I'm interested in. Specifically, I post a lot of book pictures and I like people to see them because I like the gratification. And (laughs) I follow... (laughs) I do! I like the likes. I like the likes. I like like to meet like-minded people. And I like when people like my things. Hot bookworms, pretty you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, yeah, hashtags, uh, hashtags are good. Agency. <laughs> <laughs> I would join yeah, that I think I feel like hashtags on Instagram are more utilised for attention and profit, whereas hashtags on mm. Tumblr are used, I think, for educating. I use hashtag feminism on the Great Culture Podcast um, Instagram because, because it's relevant. It's relevant. But you're not going to use it on like a picture of your face. Yeah. But people do use unassociated hashtags in order to sell things. Mm. So they will also, you know, they'll use hashtag, well, hashtag feminism or hashtag vegan or hashtag. Hashtag love. um, Hashtag like good good (laughs) life or or clean living. (laughs) Clean living is one that I see a lot. Um, And it, Mm. the thing is. It does work because my most popular, my most popular Instagram picture on my personal account today is one that I I hashtagged it hashtag faith sincerely because it was a it was a quote about faith that I found on a wall. Was it George Michael? No, 
It was a Henry David Thoreau, I think. Um, anyway, it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment, but I got loads and loads of likes on it because I fucking hashtag faith, and I didn't even think about it when hashtag I was doing blessed. it. <laughs> oh, hashtag blessed. <laughs> hashtag suck my cock. Hashtag blessed can fight me. Oh, that's my least favorite. Oh God, love my friends. Hashtag blessed. <sighs> we've kind of got a bit. Yeah. yeah hashtag. Sorry. Should we maybe take a little break? Yeah. I we was need thinking. Some more wine yes, yeah. Because we've come to the end of our wine in the can, so we will take a small break. But before we go and hashtag take a break. Um, <laughs> we'll right, Kit Kat. Yeah, I was about Kit-Kat. to say, like old yeah. school Kit Kat. Kit Kat are going to sue me. Uh, <laughs> what do we think of the nice wine in a can? The difficult thing is, because it is in a can, um, I'm swigging it down like it's like cider or like a can of Coke or whatever. And it, wine shouldn't be drunk like that. I want to see my wine. Yeah. Because if you see wine, you drink wine more slowly. But this is... I just feel like I'm I'm, I'm swigging no, it and then I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. And actually, if we poured it into a glass, which obviously would defeat the object, but if we poured it into a glass, it might be like, Actually, it's not a bad wine, but because we're swigging it, it's hitting the back of the throat, and it's like it feels like we should be in a park drinking it. Yeah, and bad decisions in the summertime. Bad decisions in the summertime. We are drinking it in a can for the authentic experience, but I agree. I'm. I like it's white wine, and I chugged it, and um, Mm. I personally am not a huge fan of it. You're not drinking this wine to enjoy wine. You're drinking this wine to get get smashed. Yeah. Yeah. This is train wine. This is train wine. It's train wine. So on that bombshell, uh, <laughs> we will take a short break and we'll be back to talk more about coffee table feminism in a moment. Goodbye. <laughs> See you in a minute. <laughs> so with the idea of feminism being so readily available in t-shirts and notebooks and books that you can buy on ASOS and that kind of thing, <laughs> do you think that it being that out there and readily available is um is a good thing do you think it furthers the cause or um how do you think it can be beneficial for people i think it's a double-edged sword i think we talked about a little bit earlier but um the fact that it is so accessible i liken it to there's um there's there were a lot of comments on a speech by emma watson when she spoke to the un about feminism and declared herself a feminist Mm. and there were a lot of comments like god i wish i'd had a role model like that when i was at an impressionable age when I was 14 Mm. and denying feminism as we've all discussed that we did I think that that spoke to a truth that the more accessible something was the better it is and you look at some of the work that teenagers these days are doing Mm. and they are they are true activists I you know a day doesn't go by where the good news that I hear doesn't come from teens doing good and I love that. And I think that that's inspiring. Yeah. And it's not just feminism. It's, you know, it's Black Polit- Lives Matter and yeah, gun politically, violence. Po- they're just politically galvanised. Climate change. it's so accessible to them to be informed. Yeah. And the, yes, it might start as a hashtag for some of them, but they have at their fingertips the ability to learn more and people who are willing to teach. And I think that as long as what is being sold to them is being backed by a true message not just a bottom line Mm -hmm. then i think that it's a good thing yeah yeah i totally agree with everything you just said actually i think you know we can criticize corporations and whatever like cashing in on stuff but actually surely it's become popular because of the movement of people 
and because of individuals that are saying the right message. And so, yes, it's sometimes diluted by that, but if people get to the heart of what they're saying or, or, or the message that has made it popular, then that surely is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As long as it's not just a trend. I think when people realise the benefit beyond just, oh my God, this T-shirt's cute, I think it will outlast that trend. I think that something like this is more beneficial than it is detrimental. Um, that's not to say it's without its problems, mm. because we've discussed them and... Criticised them and mocked them. Criticised them and mocked them. But in my eyes, the more women, particularly young women, that we can get to be comfortable with using the term... I'm a feminist. And men. I'm not... Sorry. I'm, I'm again, being quite sexist. We're there. speaking from our own experience. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's easier to get women on side because it has is the more word feminine. Aff- it, and it affects them more than it is likely to affect because men. Because we're trying to bring... Yeah, we're trying to bring, yeah. uh, like, women up to right, the yeah. same uh, kind of... Yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, and I think the more people you can get comfortable saying that, like I said, is only a good thing. So whilst the intentions may not be as honourable as they could be, I think on balance it's a beneficial thing. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Fuck silly light creams. <laughs> <laughs> because mm, skin doesn't work like that and the storage of fat does not work like that. I'm just going on and... record here with fuck silly light creams. Just just no. Um, you know, I stand by... Embrace the silly light. Yeah, I stand by patron saint Jamila Jamil. But... Who has on the so whole, much well, she does. Yeah, not very much, though. Not very much, but like the point is, I would like to point is every... to come round and look at my dimpled ass and say. Mm. <laughs> and the point is, everyone, every but the point fucking is everyone person does. has cellulite. And the point is that she's still standing no, by the truth of it, yeah. which I appreciate. Yeah. Stand by the truth of it. Believe in your message. Don't espouse bullshit that you don't believe in because then don't eventually just... what's going to happen is you'll end up as president and not know what the fuck you're doing. Hmm. Feminism, Great. not just for the likes. Feminism is for life, not just for Christmas. Hashtag, for life, not just not for just this season. For... Yeah. And finally, because I think it relates to what we spoke about earlier with this podcast and also the whole general topic, do you feel like being a part of this podcast and talking about feminist issues and feminist art and feminist culture every single week has made you more aware of feminist issues and a more well-rounded feminist as a whole? Yeah, definitely. I I think we are exposing ourselves to more... We are exploring so many different kind of avenues of feminism, more so than I probably would um, explore in my private life. Oh, why does everything sound (laughs) sexual? Because you've had a bottle of wine, And you're sat on a sofa with me. It's true. Because we are, like reading you know articles books literature discussions and exploring stuff about ourselves that we probably haven't discussed before yeah i i am having more interesting discussions in my everyday life that's out of this podcast and also about subjects we're talking about in the podcast but like then can can you know worm its way in (laughs) you're just doing it on purpose now i know um filter through it can filter through into the everyday conversation as well. So I think definitely 100% yes, it has made me 
I don't think a better feminist is probably the word because there shouldn't be a scale, but it's made me more aware of the fact that I totally believe in all of its messages, what being a feminist is, and I'm excited by that. And eager to learn more, not just sit dormant in in the stuff I think I know or don't know. I don't necessarily feel like it's made me more feminist. Mm -hmm. A lot of the content is driven by things that I've already been involved in for a while and and I think that you know we've talked about that I read more than I do most other things and so a lot of the literature and stuff that I've that we've consumed is off the back of literature that I was already consuming and stuff but that's not to say that I don't think this has had a a profound effect on my feminism I think that I feel more involved in it Mm -hmm. and I feel more comfortable speaking about it. Not not in the sense that I was hiding it before, but just that I feel like I have more of a right, I guess, to speak Mm -hmm. about it. Like I feel in the same way that after I studied for my master's, I felt better equipped to speak about Jane Austen. I feel better equipped to speak about it because I've already had that discussion and I'm I'm constantly engaging in that discussion. I've been engaging in the, those discussions with friends for a long time in a variety of different places but definitely having the podcast and have, having the podcast as something to refer to or start off with I think is really it because it's it's the same information that I've always had or always sought out. The same kind of articles that I've always tried to read the same factoids and literature and um to an extent tv shows although i definitely am trying to consume more television because of the podcast it's the same kind of stuff that i'm looking at but because i have the podcast and because i'm vocal about the podcast people are engaging in that conversation with me Mm. and i am given more of a platform to speak about it to the extent that um my co-workers um my partner they and and my male friends they have asked me about things in the context of feminism but also referring to is this something you talk about in your podcast but not in a facetious way genuinely interested had conversations with you know when my partner and i started dating we talked about feminism as as it being something very important to me and that was long before this podcast but i think that he and I have this have these conversations more frequently as a result of my involvement with the podcast. So yes and no, but it's more that I think that the podcast has served as a, a catalyst for conversation. It hasn't about changed you. It's expanded it hasn't changed, you. Yeah, it hasn't changed it, but it's it's given me a a soapbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Fair, fair enough. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I think being part of this has made me more comfortable with the idea of being a feminist because it's something that the term using that term to refer to myself is something that's quite new to me certainly within the last couple of years it's not like I've been chatting about it since I was 18 I'm nearly 30 and now I'm like oh well actually I know I am a feminist um I think is that it's... how you say it though <laughs> <laughs> just like that uh, <laughs> I mean I that. wouldn't really go for that but I think it has it's expanded my reference it's Mm -hmm. expanded my um when i consider feminist issues i don't just think about my experience i definitely think about a broader range of experiences and yeah it's it's made me more comfortable with it and this whole project as it were um i think has been instrumental to that yeah 
So that brings us to the end of our discussion about coffee table feminism. Yes. Hit us up on social media to let us know um, what you thought of our conversation, what you would call it. Have you observed it in the wild, as it were? Um, Sam, where can they find us? They can find us on... They, you, can find us on Instagram, where we are at Grape Culture Podcast. We're on Twitter, at Grape Culture Pod. Or you can send us an email, which we are at grapeculturepodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Before we sign off, we have to do our customary grape rating for the uh, nice wine in a can. Nice wine. We're not going to bother rating the uh, second wine because it's just casual it's just drinking wine. wine. But let's go with the nice wine in a can at nicedrinks.co.uk. Nice-drinks.co.uk. You can find them at, at drinks underscore nice on Instagram, I believe. You can stalk them. Yeah, we're needy. Talk to us. Hashtag wine. Stalking is a marketing tool now, and not. It's definitely not creepy and terrible and terrifying. No, definitely not. So, let us rate (laughs) the nice wine for whenever Sauvignon Blanc. What did you guys think? Mm. I think it fit in really well with the topic. Yes, I agree. Perspective and in a taste perspective. Um, it's accessible wine. Mm. Doesn't mean it's the best it can be, but can be. Hey, uh... <laughs> sorry, that was poor. You can leave, and from uh, your house, from your house, <laughs> you got. I'm taking your stuff. Long bear is mine. Flat bear, whatever he's called. Um, that's not her boyfriend. <laughs> it's just a pillow. Stop. No, he's a teddy bear. My boyfriend is not a pillow. <laughs> no, is it your cuddly toy? No, My boyfriend is not a pillow. Is a great album name, and I would listen to that. But the wine, the wine, I would give a two. Hmm. Yeah. How about you guys? I think probably. I totally agree with you. I think the subject matter covered it completely. Actually, I I suggest scrolling through their Instagram whilst listening to what we're talking about because yes. the weird thing is, is I probably scroll through their Instagram and not think anything of it. Well, like maybe a little bit, but not massively. And then scrolling through it when we were talking about the subjects we were, I was like, Jesus Christ, it's ridiculous. Great like, culture. We make you more jaded every week. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, the high heel with the wine on top and like girly laughing and they're in fluffy pink outfits. Like, it's so geared at women. Mm-hmm. And yet, what, like, why is wine in a can a specifically feminine, like, woman thing? Mm. Like, it's bizarre. It's because women are so busy trying to have it all. Oh, it has to fit in their clutch bag, and so they can be classy and drink wine on the grass or the lawn or whatever. Like so classy. It's like and yeah, but also like the fact that all the kind of tasting notes are not complicated and dry, uh, French, lively. Oh yeah, exactly. Like hashtag. Isn't she Accessible. (laughs) Anyway, for that reason and the fact that I didn't enjoy it because I swigged it because it's from a can. I'm going to give it a 1.5. Ooh, 1. Mm, 1.5. Yeah. Kim, it sounds like you're going to go for the same. Yeah, I am... Um, my chagrin with this wine is the condescension of the marketing. Mm. Um, I have to say, the Instagram itself, in, an, in a feed, in your normal Instagram feed, you don't notice it. You don't notice how Ridiculous. saturated it is. But the curation with... of their feed. Yeah, with it's saturated with these sort of trite surface level stuff that we've talked about, that we've criticised. The wine itself is 
I, I agree. I thought it paired really well. I mean, I did. Mm. I chose it. But, well done. Um, I thought it paired really well with the topic because it was exactly that thing. It was that kind of surface level effort on the wine, on the packaging, on everything. Mm. The tasting notes, as Alex rightly pointed out. I'm not a fan of white wine. I thought it tasted sour. The rosé, for those who are interested, I perfectly enjoyed and I would buy again and I would probably give it a three. But I'm not talking about the rosé. I'm talking about the Sauvignon Blanc. And I I think I agree with Alex. I was inclined to give it a two, but then I'm mad. Yeah, I'm angry as well. That's what i talking about. It made me angry. I just feel... I didn't know how mad I was until I saw the website. And I think I keep coming back to vegan obs. Because apparently vegan's mainstream now. Well, Well, it is. It is. It's a separate subject. I know I've (laughs) lamented wine labels not marking things as vegan. And I appreciate that they marked it as vegan. And I appreciate what they're going for. But to make it obs. Yeah, my things, my issues, my issues with it are not actually with the wine itself. It's with the marketing. I don't like, I don't like that it's directed solely at women. I don't like that it's dumbed down. I don't like that it seems to be promoting casual alcoholism. Yeah, also, yeah. Which, you know, it's one thing to like live it on a podcast where ostensibly we're drinking once a week, as far as you know. And then, <laughs> and then have yeah, on your actual label, like, pity party for one, we're all here in a can, like, best party ever. And then every f- Instagram post be drink responsibly. I find I find it patronising. I find the whole thing patronising. I'm sorry because I would still buy the rosé. 1.5. Okay, so we've got a 1.5, a 1.5 and a 2 for the wine in a can. We don't have a top... Well, we, we have a topic, but we don't have a book as such to rate this week. Um, so that kind of is it from us until the next episode, uh, which is going to be out in two weeks, and it is going to be about the book Circe by Madeline Miller, mm. which I'm really excited. For. I am yes. excited so as well. Women's Prize nominee, I believe. Women's International Women's Prize nominee, and has just been announced that it's been optioned for a TV show. Yes, which we'll awesome! I'm yeah. very excited about that. So yeah. Which we will talk about next week. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime thank you for listening to Grape Culture this week please don't forget to give us a rating if you're listening on iTunes or some sort of Apple device head over to the website where we've got our tasting notes which will have links if you want to buy the wine or want to find out more about the rosé like Kim said about Uh, but thank you for listening and we will see you next time goodbye